Welcome back, strength enthusiast, to another energizing episode of Gathering Strength, hosted by your boy, Ruby Rube. Before we embark on this journey, don't forget to hit that little subscribe button, that notification bell, drop me a shining five-star rating, and share your thoughts in the comments. Your active involvement keeps our momentum soaring, and it helps me to keep gathering the strength. Have you ever pondered the secrets behind conquering marathons, seamlessly integrating fitness into daily life? What about maintaining unwavering confidence? Today, we're going to uncover some of these mysteries. We're going to continue to venture down the path of Marathon Insights, my Marathon Insights, because, man, I just got done running the California International Marathon, set a little PR for myself, and I'm still feeling that runner's high. How do I navigate the complexities of marathon preparation while effortlessly weaving fitness and fatherhood and marriage and hashtag dad life? all into my day-to-day routine. What lifestyle choices contribute to my peak performance? And how does my unique philosophy steer this journey? I'm going to encourage you to be like Bruce Lee and take what is useful from this episode and use it, make it uniquely yours, and then, hey, discard the rest. All of the things that I do, they work for me, They may or may not work for you. Hey, go ahead. Try on some of the things that I do for a size. If you like how it feels and looks on you, go ahead. Keep it for yourself. If uh, you don't like anything that I'm saying or talking about after you try it on for a size, hey, that's that's all good. Throw it away. You You don't need to do everything that I do. And I'm not even saying or encouraging you to do the things that I do. I'm simply sharing what works for me and maybe it might work for you too. Now this episode is not just about insights. It's about elevating your journey, your life, leveling up the game, leveling up your game. You're going to go out and want to slay some dragons, get the metaphorical gold that they conceal, and then as a consequence, man, you're going to be leveling up your life. You can go save the princess. Get to the next level. (laughs) Once you do that, why don't you go and explore the links in my bio, especially my Amazon affiliate link, because by grabbing recommended books or products, you not only enhance your experience, but also support the podcast. So strap in, hit subscribe, drop that rating, leave a comment, Embrace yourself for a powerful episode of Gathering Strength, where I'm going to empower you both physically, mentally, spiritually, and, hey, financially. That's right. You're going to have the buff body, the buff mind, the buff spirit, and the buff bank. Warren Buffett, the greatest investor of all time, he says, the more you learn, the more you earn. And by golly, you're going to learn today. In my last episode, I spoke about the genesis of my marathon training, the beginning. I shared some key milestones that I faced during the marathon prep and as well as challenges that I faced during the actual marathon. 
I shared my overall fitness routine along with a little philosophy. I shared some of my dietary habits, mental preparation, memorable moments, recovery, man, insights into my day-to-day lifestyle, all sorts of things. So we're going to continue down that path of marathon insights, lifestyle insights, philosophical insights, because Socrates, he has one of the greatest philosophical quotes of all time, and he says, know thyself. Now, as I reflect upon some of the things that I have implemented in my life, there is another little phrase that when the teacher teaches, that well, the teacher gains a deeper understanding of what they're teaching. So this is my little implementation of that philosophical phrase because I am teaching what has worked for me and therefore, as a byproduct, I'm going to gain a deeper understanding of what it is that I actually did and do and what it is that works. So go ahead and bust out that Lisa Frank stationary pad. Take some notes because you're going to learn today. Now, the first thing that I'm going to talk about today is my perspective on fitness and how it has evolved throughout my life and where that marathon journey intertwines with it. Now, I'm blessed to have been born in 1983. (laughs) Beautiful time, right? So I grew up in the 80s, in the early 90s, you know, I was like 7, 8, 9, 10. And guess, guess who was popping back then? It was Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was Hulk Hogan. It was freaking Randy Macho Man Savage. It was John Claude Van Damme. It was, who else? Chuck Norris. It was all of these real macho men with big muscles, all greased up, just popping their pecs. Just alpha of alphas, right? So that was my ideology of being a man, you know, having some muscle. And I'm so thankful that I grew up at that time and I didn't grow up with some of the pansy-ass male role models that are emasculated as of today. Like, for example, if you were to see a Calvin Klein ad, underwear ad back back in my day, you, you would see Mark Wahlberg with uh, some some hot supermodel you know, stereotypical jacked man and a hot smoking hot white white chick. <laughs> and now it is a lady with the beard and freaking overweight hugging on uh I don't some non-binary person and it's just like, dude, so confusing. What the hell? I'm 40 years old and I don't know how to process that. Back back in my day it was much more simple. I just had Hulk Hogan telling me to take my Flintstone vitamins. Steven Seagal snapping and popping elbows. And Arnold Schwarzenegger hunting down Sarah Connor in Terminator. So that was <laughs> that was my idea of, of a man. Just big, strong, capable, manly, masculine, and overall just kick-ass. So therefore, you know, I was a pretty rough-and-tumble kid when I was growing up. I participated in wrestling in junior high and high school. 
I boxed and fought all my friends, whether it was with or without gloves, just always fighting. And then I, you know, started partying, started doing all of the wrong things, got super frail and weak. And in any way you can measure a man, you know, I was not that. I was just weak, weak mindset, everything. Weak body, mind, spirit, no money, nothing, nada. And then I started turning it around, started saying my prayers, started doing some push-ups, and then I started seeing some results, started to implement a routine. I didn't even know that it was a routine. I just stopped doing all of the dumb, moronic, idiotic things that I was doing in the past and started Hey, doing some push-ups, saying my prayers, going to work, making some money. And so when I started working out, you know, I started to get a little bit jacked, right? So my forearms start to get some veins. My my biceps start to get a little bit bigger. The peps, my, my pecs, I'm now able to, to pop those things, right? You know, so I'm starting to see some results as a young 20-year-old guy. And as a gym bro, a little gym rat, you know, I would be going to the gym and there is a saying in the gym, it is, it, it is meant to be taken, you know, tongue in cheek, a little bit of a joke, but the saying is more plates, more dates, meaning that the more weight you can lift, hey, the more dates that you'll be able to get. While that is a joke, you know, there's a little bit of truth to that. Women, they're just, they are attracted to young guys with muscles. So, hey, guess what? That's what I wanted. So I started to work out, started to see results, started to get the girls, started to, you know, feel good and feel confident about myself. And then I met my wife. Uh, decided to stay on the weightlifting and stay in a semi-healthy lifestyle. And then as I started to get into my 30s, you know, my fitness journey started to evolve because I was evolving. No longer was I going to the gym to lift more plates to get more dates because I had my wife. Now, as I changed my perspective and The reason for going to the gym, that changed, like I said, because I changed. Now, in my 30s, I started to go to the gym more for longevity. And one of the reoccurring themes that I saw in men who took care of themselves, who were older than me, you know, there I am in my 30s, my early 30s, and I would see men... And, you know, 40, 45, 50 years old, 60 years old. And the one thing, the one thread that weaved them all together was that they lifted weights. They took care of themselves. They weren't binge drinking. And that resonated with me. So I was like, you know what? I want to be more like these guys. So I kept going to to the gym. I kept a decent diet. Yes, you know, I did have those times in my lives where things got a little bit lopsided one way or the other. But, you know, that's just part of the journey. And now that I'm out of my 30s and I'm 40 years old now, you know, once again, 
I'm changing, my mindset, my perspective is is changing, my body is changing, even though, so check this out for all you young bucks out there, you know, me as a 40-year-old man, I, I would have conversations with some men in my 30s, and they were already having, you know, problems in the bedroom, if you know what I mean. And they would talk about, you know, how they have to take pills and, you know, do this and that. And they would say, hey, wait until you're my age. And I was like, you know what? That's something that I dreaded. I was like, oh, no, right? I don't want to lose my boner. I don't want to, you know, gain all this belly fat and this and that. But what I have learned now is that those guys who were older than me who were having to resort to dick pills or low energy and this and that you know that was primarily because they they didn't take care of themselves they didn't work out they binge drank they ate shitty food probably shitty sleep because of it and that's when you know your body starts to slowly spiral downwards so no wonder why you know things aren't working as as they did in, in your younger years. But I'm here to tell you this. As a man who has taken care of himself uh, for the last 20 years, hey, there's no problems with my body at all. I don't have the aches and the pains. Uh, everything works. And I plan to continue to be on this journey because like I had started out this this little rant that I'm on, my fitness has evolved first it was you know hey more plates more dates and then it was you know wanting to set myself up as a healthy 40 year old to to today because the things that i did in my 30s set me up for this uh this foundation that i have for myself going into my 40s so now that i'm entering into my 40s guess what i have my 50s on the horizon and you know the same foundational things of fitness, health, overall well-being. Well, you know what? That is something that works not only for me, but for the human. We have to move our bodies. We have to stretch our muscles. We need to stimulate our minds. We need to forego instantly gratifying things and delay gratification for a higher value goal in the not too far off distance of of time. So that's how my my fitness evolution has changed. Now as it pertains to the marathon, you know, right now I've been hitting nothing but PRs. Every single marathon that I ran is has been a PR. PR PR. This was a year of PRs for me not only in the marathon but for the Ironman as well. And you know, being exposed to many types of different people in the marathon world and in the Ironman world. There are so many people who are older than me going much faster than me, which leads me to believe that, you know, if, you know, going fast is a, a goal, you know, my my best years, they're still ahead of me. So as a 40-year-old man, I'm still not even in my prime of my health. And that's freaking exciting because there's so many people out there who are, you know, who have given up 
I don't know how many men I have heard who have simply said, hey, I just gave up. I gave it up. And I'm just like, damn, that's a damn shame. And you know what? It it makes me feel like, you know, I just want to take them and put my brain into their brain or my thoughts into their head because even if even if you have neglected your health for the last two decades and you know you're a 40 year old man or whatever age you are guess what you can still turn it around it doesn't matter you can be that guy you can be that person who has the inspiring story because let me tell you this The best stories in life are those of the underdog. So if you find yourself where you are out of shape, you can't even run a damn mile, you have more belly fat than boobies, I'm going to say, hey, there's no better time to start than right now. Martin Luther King Jr., he said, if you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving forward. And for the men who have given up, man, give me a call. I will go to your house and I'll slap you across the face, you know, like Three Stooges style to wake your ass up and be like, man, you still have so much more life. You still have so much more energy. You're just blind to it. Somebody, something is stealing you of your joy. And it's time to man up. Quit being a little biatch and fucking go out there and and go out and get some. Damn. Hey, go ahead. Drop me a comment. Leave me a message. If you need a pep talk, I will I will call you and I'll wake your ass up. So that's where my fitness and marathon journey is as of right now. Um, I am hopefully exposing people to healthier healthier males because you know what when I was you know 20 and 30 years old I didn't have anybody in my life who was super strong super fit no one was running in 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 my household nah that person did not exist that was something that I saw on the TV aside for some of the older gym dudes some of the older gym bros who I saw you know in in the local gyms you know that that was my my inspiration that was my little insight to aging with grace but so i i had to look outside of my of my circle of my family because that was non-existent inconsistency that's something that i saw consistently just being tired consistently being overworked over over drained and just you know, perpetuating a cycle of alcoholism, being weak, talking up a big game, but not doing anything. That that was something that I was frequently exposed to, but not no more. Now, as it pertains to rituals, you know, us athletes, us marathoners, us triathletes, you know, there's there's some rituals, and while I wouldn't say that. Mine is is a ritual. Like I don't, I'm not like a person who 
who does something like you know the, these crazy baseball players. I, I think baseball players have these crazy rituals like. If they're on a winning streak, then they won't wash their jock strap in, until they lose or, you know, or they won't wash their socks. But I never did anything crazy like that. What I do, I, I guess it's ritualistic because I believe in order for it to become a ritual, it needs to be a pattern done over time. And then after you do it long enough, it becomes a ritual. And after it becomes a, after you, you do the ritual for long enough, then it becomes sacred. Now, one of the sacred things that I like to do that really uh, sets the dominoes up to fall in my favor is I will set out my vitamins. Like I take, I don't know, maybe about like six or seven vitamins. If I... If I take out my vitamins the night before, then I feel that like it's like, all right, that's one thing that I don't have to do tomorrow and it's just easy peasy. Like I would take like a, a vitamin C, a men's uh, multivitamin, a fish oil, a vitamin B12, uh, something for uh, to enhance my cognitive Abilities. I think those are called neurotropics, and then I take a fish oil and 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 a couple of other things. But I, I guess that that would probably be like my only ritualistic thing. That when I wake up and I see that my vitamins are there, I know what time it is. Now, in the vein of marathon insights and marathon training. When I first signed up for the marathon, I knew that I was going to get physically stronger. What I did not know was that I was going to be getting mentally stronger, spiritually stronger. And that is when the marathon journey really starts to pay bang for the buck. That's when the dividends really start to compound because, you know, anyone, literally anyone can run 26.2 miles and... If you do it right, if you train for it, if you show up every single day with integrity and a intention to learn and grow and get better, you know, that doesn't do anything other than, you know, fire up your soul, you know, for you to show up and be like, hey, I'm, I'm ready and willing to put in the work. I'm ready and willing to step out of my comfort zone physically, mentally, and that fires you up spiritually. And then, now I was intertwining my marathon preparation. You know, that was just one little piece of the puzzle. Now I was intertwining marathon prepping with reading copious amounts of books, journaling, breath work, and exercising gratitude daily. So I believe that the reading, the journaling, the growth mindset that made the marathon journey that much more tolerable because there is a lot of uncomfortableness that an individual will feel while training for a marathon. But if you are equipped and you know that, hey, you are there to grow, you are in this journey to learn something, you are in this journey to step out of your comfort zone, and if you have a bunch of reasons why you would do that, then it, it just makes it easier. It, it really makes doing something hard 
easy. Like waking up for a 20-mile run before the sunrise, you know, at 4 o'clock in the morning, you're stepping out your door and you're looking at 20 miles and you just did, you know, a 10-mile run yesterday and today you're doing 20 miles. That's when you really need to know all of the reasons why you're doing it and setting yourself up to make that 20 mile run in the dark easy you know I I wanted to make it as easy as possible so any way that you can make doing something very hard easy then do that now running 20 miles you know by yourself that that's hard and that's something that I, I didn't do all the time like don't get it twisted I'm no elite maniac out there you know running 20 miles every day but I did show up and there was a bunch of opportunities for me to hey maybe I only had time for two miles because of you know my fatherly duties or my other responsibilities because hey I am a man with other responsibilities doing this marathon stuff this is a luxury so maybe that day I only had time for two miles And there is, somebody could see that as like, you know what, it's only two miles, it's not going to do anything, so I'm just going to skip it. And then for whatever reason, you know, tomorrow comes and adversity pops up again. It's like, all right, I'm just going to skip this workout too. I'm just going to skip, 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 skip. Next thing you know, you're skipping a bunch of workouts and I know how compounding works and and even though you know two miles is very quick and it's very small I know that it adds up to big results over time so if you are one of those people who is discounting you know a 10 minute workout or a 12 minute workout then I'm gonna say you're leaving money on the table any opportunity that you have or that you know, so so let's say you know you really are tired. You had a long day at work, right? And you said you were gonna get in a workout, but you had to stay at work a little bit late. Traffic was a little bit heavier, and maybe you forgot to meal prep. You know, and there goes all of your workout time, right? But I'm gonna say, hey, do seven minutes. You can do seven minutes. Seven minutes isn't going to seem like much, but that is going to be one little vote that you cast for yourself so that, hey, in the future, you become that person who doesn't miss a workout. And that's what it's all about, right? Consistency. Consistency is key. So if you want to keep those days rolling and you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, I haven't missed a workout in three months or whatever but you know whether it was 45 minutes or seven minutes you kept that momentum going you casted that vote to work out and therefore now you were just a person where working out that that's just part of your lifestyle now and if you can get to that point in your life where you know hey working out it's not a chore it's just my lifestyle it's just something that I do then hey I'm gonna say that that that's the type of person you want to become you want to arrive at a place where taking care of yourself or quote unquote someone else is doing exercise you're not exercising 
you are simply just abiding by a lifestyle choice that is is beneficial for you in every way that it can be measured. So if you can get there and get to that mindset, I'm going to say hurry up and run, hurry up and get there because that's where you want to be. Now, finding a balance between pushing your limits and preventing burnout. You know, that is a subjective answer for me. You know, sometimes, you know, I I am a person that goes off of energy. Let's say, you know, today I, I was training, right? I'm in the middle of a run and, hey, maybe I just feel really good. And my, my soul and my spirit is just saying, hey, let, let's let these ponies out and let them gallop. Let's, let's let it burn right now. Hey, then guess what? I'm going to let it burn. So I am in tune with my energy. If, if I feel like going beast mode and I wasn't planning on it, then I'm going beast mode. If I was going beast mode and then you know my energy starts to wane a little bit and my spirit starts to talk to me and tell me, hey, you know, just take it easy, then I will take it easy. You know, that may or may not work for a lot of people, but I find that being in tune with your body and your spirit and just letting those things guide you is going to be much more beneficial than sticking to a rigid plan because only you truly know if if you are being weak and tired and lazy, pusillanimous, And if you are, then I'm going to say, hey, then it's time to unleash that beast. You know, stick to the plan and, you know, pump yourself up. I don't care whatever you have to do. Just do what you said you were going to do. But be in tune with yourself. If if you want to unleash the beast, unleash it. If you want to kick back and, you know, just get in the reps and go through the motions and create a mind to muscle connection then that is 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 beneficial too when you are going beast mode you know sometimes you can't really connect uh to the muscle like the mind to muscle connection when you're beast mode you're just going wild man you know just you're just unleashing the beast that's all you're doing The, the the beast doesn't care about doing anything other than just intense intensity that's what the beast is for and you know there that is good but it's also very good to make that mind to muscle connection and to be you know much more much more intentional about the technicalities of whatever you're doing so listen to that still small voice in your mind and let that guide you Now, as it pertains to learning about the marathon and learning about fitness, you know, we have something called Google, called YouTube, and those are great resources for learning anything that you want to learn about. Now, there is some annoying things about the internet. For example, you know, let me rewind and I'll get back to the annoying part of the internet. First of all, you know, as it pertains to the marathon, if you were intentional and spent, you know, 20 minutes, 25 minutes learning, you know, typing in some keywords about the marathon, you're going to find a bunch of different articles, a bunch of different YouTube videos, and there's going to be a bunch of different people talking about a bunch of different things. 
they're they're gonna be talking about shoes, electrolytes, exercises, tempo runs, gels, yada yada yada. There's so many freaking things. Now, you can go down the rabbit hole and get down to the fine to to the finest details about everything, or you can just get you know a a little baseline fundamental understanding of what they're all saying and then you know try a little bit of that of what you learn try a little bit of this and then as time goes on you'll be able to find your your niche your your scope of what works for you because you know there's so many people online talking about what works for them and hey you know what what works for them works for them it may work for you you could try it and i'm gonna encourage you to try it if it works for you, great. They saves you a, a bunch of time on you know trying to figure it out for yourself. If it doesn't work for you, hey, you know just chalk that up as uh, the Thomas Edison effect, where uh, the inventor of the light bulb he said it took him ten thousand tries to figure out how to or something. What the hell? Well, how does that quote go? Um, so Thomas Edison he said he didn't fail at making the light bulb. 10,000 times. He just simply learned 10,000 things that don't work as it pertains to making the light bulb. So you can go out and learn 10,000 ways to run a marathon and eventually one of those things is, is going to work. The most important thing is that you're just going to have to have to try. Now the annoying thing about the internet is this. And I'm not sure if the damn algorithm is just messing with me. If the if the internet gods are just like, hey, let's just confuse the hell out of Ruben, just just because, let's see what what he does. So there was, uh, I don't know, one day I was just reading about blueberries, right? You know, just randomly reading about nutrition, all of the wonders, you know, that blueberries are for for the human. Like blueberries are so good for you. If you don't eat blueberries, you are missing out on so many health benefits. They're good for your eyes, your teeth, your brain, your hair, everything. Blueberries for president, right? And then a few days later, there was like an anti-blueberry article. And I was like, what the hell is this one about? And then so I, I click on it and it's like, you have been misled. Blueberries, they're so bad for you. Humans aren't supposed to... Uh, be eating blueberries. If you eat blueberries, you're gonna get cancer and die and yada yada. And then it, you know, had links to research studies and blind tests and this and that. And I was like, man, all right, this one article was saying blueberries are the the miracle fruit, and this other one is saying blueberries are no better than rat poison. I was like, what? Come on. Alright, whatever. You know, so the moral of the story is that there's so much information out there. You know, you're going to have to just figure it out for yourself. The things that I eat, well, they might make you shit your pants. And the stuff that you eat, they might make me shit my pants. Now, I have found a core group of foods that make me feel good, that, that empower me. And, you know, I just stick to those foods and those fruits and, you know, keep it moving. If there was one piece of advice that I wish that I received before starting my marathon, it would be this. Don't think about it too much. Yep. 
Don't think about it too much. Don't put too much uh, gravitas on it. Now, don't put too much on it. You know, just go out, have fun. It's running. You know, learn about you know fluid in intake. Learn about electrolytes and uh, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Stretch your body. Uh, stay hydrated. Eat good foods and bada boom, bada bing. Next thing you know, you're crossing the finish line at 26.2 miles. So don't worry about it. Sign up for it. Do what you know needs to be done. It's not a big deal. And, just, and be be ready to be uncomfortable for a little bit. And that's it, man. It, it's, not, it's not too hard. Now, I'm going to begin to draw the curtains close on this podcast episode but one last thing future fitness goals or challenges for your old boy ruby rube you know this is something that i have been contemplating for a while and i thought that i wanted to run 100 miles and you know i was praying about it so you know trying to figure some things out and i was like you know what what would that do for you would that make you any more happier And then after you run 100 miles, where does it end? Do you have to run 200 miles? And then after you run 200 miles, do you find joy only at 300 miles? And after you run 300 miles, will you only find joy after 400 miles? And, you know, the answer is no. You don't need to run a certain distance. You don't need to run a certain pace. You don't need to even run. You just need to move your body, appreciate who you are, appreciate what you have, and continually strive for what is better. And now I'm trying to identify, you know, that what is better for me. And, you know, I'm still praying about that. I'm still trying to figure some things out because, man, it, I've, I've ran multiple marathons, PR'd every time. I participated in multiple Ironman triathlons. Got a, I have a nice little ultra marathon under my belt. And so it's like, you know what? There, there's nothing stopping me physically. Physically, I'm able to do anything. Now, I, I want to try to figure out something that's going to set my soul on fire. Something that gets me excited. Something that gets me to wake up like it's Christmas every single morning. So I'm still trying to figure out where I, I want to take my fitness to, what, what that is going to look like. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I do know that you know, I'm, I'm never going to stop exercising. I'm never going to stop training. I'm never going to stop stretching and lifting weights and you know, trying, to, trying to be strong. I'm never going to stop doing that. So that is going to be a daily and a weekly goal. Just doing something small every single day. Never essentially taking a a day off. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what the future has in store for me. One thing that I am challenging myself with is, you know, podcasting. I'm trying to challenge myself intellectually. I'm trying to read more books, trying to soak in and obtain more of the knowledge that I read so I think the fitness is going to intertwine with the psychological and mental aspect of it and one of the ways that I'm doing that is by you know sharing my story sharing what helps and the benefits 
that I have received from other brave individuals sharing their stories that has helped me in my life in so many ways. So that is something that I'm going to be doing moving forward is sharing the things that have worked for me. And if they work for me, there's a high probability that it's going to work for you because, you know, I don't do all of these fad diets or anything ridiculously outlandish. You know, I'm, I'm pretty basic, but, you know, those basic foundations, the fundamentals, those are the things that you build your foundation on. So that'll do it for today's podcast. Don't forget to leave me a little comment, a like, a subscribe, a little follow. And in return, you know I'm going to be continuing to give you awesome podcast content. Until next time, it's onward. Always onward.